0: This is the podcast Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host Jess Robinson. And this is the Psalms and Proverbs portion of the podcast and for the weekly podcast. And so we're we're starting off in Psalm 68 is where we started off or ended at. And Uh, In Psalm 68, you know, it's attributed to David and essentially it's a psalm that's celebrating God's rule over and care of his people, Israel, and his victory over his enemies. And it also foreshadows Christ's destruction of evil and the evil one at the end of the age. And it's also foreshadowing the triumph of all believers in Christ as they rejoiced eternally in God's presence. And so that was essentially Psalm 68. And then we jump into Psalm 69. And Psalm 69, it's, uh, along with Psalm 22, it's one of the most frequently quoted psalms. In the New Testament, and they attribute this song to this psalm to David, but some believe it could have been written by Hezekiah, some believe it could be written by Jeremiah or an unknown Jew desiring to rebuild the temple after the exile, which some of these psalms are attributed to after the. Israelites come back from exile, um, from Babylon. And so that's what they believe with Psalm 69. Um, we just see that the author describes a person in the depths of despair, suffering greatly in every possible way because of his faithfulness to God and his righteous ways. Uh, he wants to worship God in the way God has commanded. And, you know, some of the portions of this psalm prefigured the sufferings of Christ. Uh, the only thing is, is the confession of verse 5, as well as the curses in verses 22 through 28 are not applied to Christ in that time. And so... That is a little bit background history of Psalm 69. And then we went into Psalm 70. It's a really short psalm, but the shortest out of all the psalms is actually Psalm 117, if I, re- if I remember correctly. And Psalm 70 is also attributed to David. And it's essentially, you know, David crying out to God uh, for his help. And, you know, that, you know, giving his enemies over to God. And then finally, we go into Psalm 71. And in Psalm 71, it is containing a prayer by an older person. We don't know who it's been attributed to. Uh, There's no attribute, you know, anything that has been, any person that has been attributed to. And this older person that we can tell, you know, is facing troubles and needs God's help to rescue him from his enemies and afflictions. And we notice that this older person has walked in God's ways since childhood and experienced exceptional troubles in life. Uh, However, this person has maintained their faith and confidence in God. And they're determined to live the rest of their life with the confidence that God will demonstrate His power and goodness in their life. And I think that's just something that as you mature in your faith in the Lord, that the trials and you know, tribulations we go through, you know, we, when we are determined to continue to follow the Lord, that as we go through these trials and tribulations, it just contributes to our faith knowing the faithfulness of God in in every, you know, situation. And then we uh, jump into Psalm 72, and this is the final psalm we'll talk about today. We did read parts of Psalm 73, but uh, we didn't get all the way finished with that in the daily reading, and so we will finish, you know, Psalm 73 for the next week. But Psalm 72 is of Solomon. It's attributed to King Solomon, which is David's son. So he not only wrote proverbs, but he also wrote psalms, just like uh, his father David did. And there's an, you know another one that will come across later on in the book of Psalms that's also attributed to King Solomon. And so in this psalm with Solomon, we just see that it's a prayer that, you know, as Israel's king, that his reign will be characterized by justice and righteousness, peace, the destruction of evil and and deliverance for the oppressed and needy. Uh, It points to the reign of Christ as well over the world. You know, there's several verses of it apply fully only to him, which is verses 8, 11, and 17. And, and we see that this prayer is similar to the to the New Testament prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's a prayer that even as believers, we, we should be praying and desiring to see Christ reign as king and his righteousness established on the earth. And I think it's a prayer too that we can also pray for our leaders as well, that they're you know, their their reign would be characterized, you know, by justice, righteousness, peace, and and the destruction of evil and deliverance for the oppressed and needy. And that's just something that we can apply in our daily lives. And so that was essentially it for the the daily reading for the book of Psalms. And so we're gonna take a quick break, but for the next reading Uh, For for next week, we're going to finish up Psalm 73, and we're going to go over, read Psalm 74, and Psalm 75, and Psalm 76, verses 1 through 12. And, you know, just feel free to divide that up as you see fit. And so we're going to take a quick break and then jump into the book of Proverbs. So we're finishing up, you know, chapter 14 of Proverbs and and going into uh, Proverbs chapter 15. And we've kind of gone through several of the psalm or some of the Proverbs and and it, some of these are, you know, just saying the same things that we've kind of discussed. So I'm just, as we kind of go, I'll just start picking and, you know, certain ones that kind of just stand out to to talk about. And so we get into verse 19 of Proverbs, and it, it's saying, "Evil men will bow down in the presence of the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. You know the the righteous and, and the wicked are going to be together in in this world. and but one of the things is is every knee is going to bow down to to Jesus in the end. Even if they don't acknowledge Him as Lord. Even those who did not accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. They will bow their knee to Him in the end. And that's just something that really stood out to me when I saw verse 19. And and then in verse 22 of chapter 14 it says, Do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. And the other day, you know, I was, you know, reminded of, you know, a verse from Philippians of, you know, doing whatever is noble and admirable. And, you know, in such a time as this, it's, you know, thinking about, you know, we just see so much in the world today going on with the riots, with, you know, the political things going on and with coronavirus. is. You know, we're in a time where, you know, people need to see what is good and whatever is noble and admirable. You know, and the other day, you know, there was just such a a fight on Facebook uh, classifieds because somebody decided to post a, you know, a, a person that worked for the city and they had gotten in trouble over the 4th of July, but they've never been in trouble, and, you know, just was slandering this person, and all of a sudden there was all these people going, you know, in in a time like this, this is not the time and place to be posting such things, you know, we're already tired seeing, of seeing this stuff, we need to not have this, so it really, like, really cheered me up in a way to see that there were people just saying, no, this isn't right, you know, and. And so this isn't a time where, you know, when you're planning good, you know, you're going to find love and faithfulness in, in in this time. Jumping to verse 26 of chapter 14, it says, He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. You know, we've talked about, you know, in our, in our faith in the Lord, we have this strong foundation And it's not just for us, it's for our generations that that come after us. It's the people that we disciple and, you know, it's, you know, contagious in a way. You know, just like a virus is contagious, it's contagious in a way, you know, because it's going to secure not only us, but, you know, our future generations will have that solid foundation. And so that's, that's something that just really stood up to me on this one to add that we've talked about before that, you know, the Lord is our foundation. And, but it's not just us that we're, we're secured, it's, you know, the future generations. And the final verse in, in chapter 14 that really stood out to me as well. Was a heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. And when we think about peace, it's the peace that the Lord gives us. And we'll actually talk about that in the book of John where where Jesus says, It's my peace I give to you. And so it's not a peace that comes from the world. It's a peace from the Lord. And because of that peace, it gives life, you know, to, to the body. And... But when you think of envy as well, envy does rot the bones and it contaminates the body because you're so consumed with jealousy that, and I've actually, you know, asked several people when, you know, how, when jealousy comes upon them, how do they feel? And they actually say they feel sick to their stomach. They don't feel good. And, and it just kind of, this verse really proves that that it's not good for our health it's not good for our spiritual well-being you know envy is is not of the lord there is you know the envy that we see that the lord that, that is attributed to the lord in the bible is different from from human envy um and you know cuz the envy that the Lord has is, is because of his love for us. So that's, you know, two different things for, for envy, but really, you know, the thing about peace that really stood out to me is that it does give life. You know, I think about when the peace of the Lord comes upon me, you know, it's, it brings life and I feel more energetic and, and able to go on with my day knowing that the Lord has it handled. And so that was it for chapter 14 in in Proverbs. And so we jump into chapter 15. And, you know, we have verses 1 and and 2 and 4. You know, we've talked about this several times about the mouth and, and the words that we speak that... They are powerful and they can hurt other people and they can affect our own lives as well. And we see like in verse 1 of chapter 15, you know, it's saying a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, you know, sometimes we think that, you know, screaming and shouting is the answer and, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a gentle word that, you know, that can solve a problem. And we, you know, jump into verse 2 and it says, The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. You know, the, a person that's going to be wise even watches how they, they talk. And even when they talk, when they choose to speak. And, you know, in the verse 4, it's saying that, you know, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, and a deceitful tongue crushes the the spirit. And I look at people who, you know, are encouragers in our church, and they bring healing. You know, they're that tree of life. They're that breath of fresh air that you have to have in the church. And, and when they're not there, you, you notice that they're not there because of the life that they give. And we're somebody who's deceitful, who's a slanderer, you just really don't want to be around them. And because it just brings a negative atmosphere. And that's just something, you know, the words is words are so powerful and when you think about it, the Lord spoke life to the world and there were times that that Jesus he didn't touch people when he healed them and just but just said the word and the people were healed and so you know it's just interesting to you know that even Solomon was pointing out you know that words are powerful as well and I'm backing up to verse 3 You know, it says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. You know, we kind of think that God doesn't see our, you know, some think that God doesn't see their sins and they try to cover it up and God sees it all. And, but then it's also the same way with the good. Sometimes people who are following the Lord are wondering if God or even are going through struggles, or wondering, does God see? Does God see what I'm going through? And yes, He does. I mean, we'll talk about it in in the Book of John podcast. But you know, when Jesus wept for Lazarus, it just showed that there was this deity, and He was weeping because of the death over the death of a friend, and and the sorrow that He felt from the sisters, uh, Mary and and Martha. And it just shows that God is is compassionate and knows and sees everything that's going on and feels everything that we're feeling. So, and then in verse 8, you know, it says the Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases Him. You know, we think about King Saul in in the Old Testament that he didn't destroy the Amalekite all the the livestock of the Amalekites uh, when he was supposed to, and he was like, "Well, we're we're offering these sacrifices, and that's not what the Lord wanted. He wanted Saul to be obedient and destroy everything like he was supposed to, and." When we think about, you know, in today, with the church today, you know, you have some people that, that they think they're just going to go to heaven because, well, I go to church every Sunday. It doesn't matter if you go to church every Sunday. It could be, you know, just because you go to McDonald's every day doesn't mean that you're a cheeseburger. It You know, just because you go to a church every day doesn't mean you're saved. You know, you have to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so, you know, as it was emphasized in this, is that only those who are upright and who strive to follow God's ways are accepted by Him. And so, that's what really stood out to me in verse 8. The final verse that we're going to end on is in verse 19 of chapter 15, and it says, The way of, of the sluggard is, is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. You know, it's not on our own ways. You know, we have to acknowledge the the Lord, and and it's it's His ways that are clear, even when things don't seem clear. Even when there's trials and tribulations, when we're struggling, it's His way, you know. And when we try to go our own way, it's we're going to come across dead ends. We're going to come across, you know. I, I like the the description here that it's blocked with thorns, and you know when you see like a rose bush that's grown for years. You know, you're not going to get through that rose bush because of all the thorns. You know, it's going to block your path. And so, that's just something that really stood out to me in in verse 19. And so, that was what really uh, went through with chapter 15. And so, for the next week's podcast, we're going to go over Proverbs 15. Uh, the rest of it starting on chapter verse 23 uh, through 33, and then we're going to start on Proverbs 16 and go through verse 12 of that. And so stay tuned for the Book of John podcast. Mm-hmm.